The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details. Welcome, welcome, Wamkili Kile, and now am I to our second year of Kiwi Knickknacks on Fresh FM, your top of the South community access radio station. I'm Lindsay Newman, originally from Cape Town, broadcasting from Nelson, New Zealand. Kiwi Knickknacks is about celebrating our 50 different cultures here in Nelson, Tasman. In today's show, we chat to Cameron Holmes, who reminds us about the importance of family, the importance of kindness, and of making every encounter count. Before we chat to Cameron, here's Fire is Low by Freshly Ground. Time, it's over, guess right to me. Be 
Welcome to Kiwi Knickknacks. If you've just joined us here on Fresh FM, Kiwi Knickknacks is about celebrating and sharing our diversity of cultures here in Nelson, Tasman. I'm Lindsay Newman, and today I'm out in Richmond talking to Cameron Holmes about her South African heritage, her life journey, and the freedoms she has found here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Hi, Cameron. Welcome to Kiwi Knickknacks on Fresh FM. You've been in New Zealand for quite a number of years. Before you tell us about your journey to Aotearoa and your life here in New Zealand, please tell us a bit about your South African heritage, where you were born, and about your life in South Africa. Well, hi. Thank you very much for having me. Well, I was born in Durban in South Africa, and we grew up in a very closed society or environment or community. Um, when I say closed, I mean very, very largely what they called the coloured community. And as you would know, apartheid has a very, had a very big influence on the way we grew up. My grandfather, in fact, was, he was split up as a child. He came from one white parent and one what, again, they call a coloured parent. And because half of them were born looking like me, which is brown skin, black hair, etc. And the other half of the family were born looking as beautiful as you as well, with blonde hair, blue eyes, and the fair skin. So in that time, the family was split, because once you become of age, you're no longer allowed to live in the white community and they were then separated as teenagers and had to then settle on their own in an environment which suited their coloration. So basically that's how the coloreds lived in those days. And when I think of my grandfather, he never allowed us to feel apartheid's negativities. We I was actually very privileged. I, well, I feel I was privileged to grow up not knowing that we were different, not knowing that my friend in school, yes, he may have been dark-skinned or fair-skinned, but I didn't feel any differences. It was just the way they brought us up. Mm-hmm. And if you would know, in those environments, you never moved away from your grandparents. You always lived. The houses stayed the same sizes, but whichever children were born into it, you just lived in that household, you know. So I was very privileged to be able to grow up knowing that we were close. Instead of calling the uncle's uncle, you always just thought they were your brothers and sisters. You know, we lived in the same household under the same roof and enjoyed that as that close closeness that was my biggest privilege I feel the closeness of family yeah family is very important hey was it a big family it sounds like it could have been but tell me a little bit more about the size and well my grand didn't they didn't have tv at that time (laughs) so she had they had four four boys four girls and each one of them basically had, on average, three to four children as well. Um, and yeah, so very, very big family. A Sunday lunch would be 
almost like what you would think a Christmas dinner would be. <laughs> so, yeah, very big family. Um, at any given stage, there would be at least 30 of us in the house. And as what I know now has been my uncles and aunts got a bit bigger, they would build wee little attachments onto the house. So granny flats, as they call them here. In South Africa, we just call them outbuildings. So we ended up having quite a few outbuildings on the, the, the spot of land that my peer, grandparents owned. And the big house was the main area of communication and set. You kind of just gathered in that section all the time. Um, yeah, and that's, that's just the way we lived. It sounds like you probably had crazy days, but amazing fun and, and such a wonderful relationship with all your siblings and family members. You mentioned previously that your decision to move to New Zealand was at a high point in your career. Tell us about this time in your life. Well, I worked in one of the larger retail companies in South Africa, and I had moved from area to area, province to province, and I learned a lot. They helped me to grow. They saw me. I started with them firstly as a 16-year-old young lady. And that was purely due to an aunt that got a foot in for me as well. And I thank her till today. But, you know, she said, once you're there, once you go for the interview, that's, that's yours. That's your baby. And you take it from there. I can only get you the interview. From that, it taught me so much because I started as a casual. And they always said, Things are what you make it. So it's up to you if you want to go further with this company, but you need to do it as well. So we will give you what you need. And I promise you that's exactly what they did for me. I, I studied um, fashion design and art illustration. And they were there for me as well. They helped me along the way. From an aspect of art and illustration, I did design, fashion design, and that was coupled with design of the the shops itself. So I would do all the displays and they would show me the art aspect of it, you know. And you would think, oh, she just dresses models or she just dresses mannequins, you know. But they actually showed me the art side of it. And if you look at retail today, everything is around the design and the illustration of each and every shop, you know. So... You don't just walk into a shop if it's looking dowdy and dirty, and, you know. So that's that's how they've combined it for me. But then I got my, my degree in that and I moved on afterwards back into the company. And I then became a manager after a long period of the, the design side of it. And I would do different stores. So I would go from from store to store and I would help set up and do their store openings and that became kind of my niche. I loved doing it, you know, I had the passion for it and I could see the difference that it made in each and every store and, you know, I set it up, got the team going, explained to them, taught them, you know, gave gave them the guidance to continue on and yeah, that just became what I did most, you know, mm. and I was recognized for that. I was then promoted into opening the different stores, and that's when they moved me into Port Elizabeth, 
which was opening a brand new store in that side of South Africa, which they'd never known of this company. So it was kind of, it was a privilege, actually, I felt, you know, I felt almost like beheaded after that. Like, you're looking at me, you know, but why me? How come? So I felt great, you know, they really, they made me feel positive. And I think that's one of the best things about that company mm. was their, their investment in each and every team member that they had. You know, mm. if I think of the fact that I was 16 when they started with me and the speech that they gave about it's up to you, but as much as it was up to me, it was up to them as well because they took the time and the effort mm. and they educated me in what I needed to do to be successful within their business. So in Port Elizabeth, um, I had a good relationship firstly with by all my people around me, all my managers, whether it was you know, above me, below me, beside me, I just always found relationship is the best thing. And I think that also goes back to my, my childhood yes. is always keeping good relationships. So in that time, I was approached by another retailer and basically they asked me to do something very similar but in a higher level within their company so feeling torn i went to my manager at the time and he said you know what why don't you just try it firstly thanks for coming to us but why don't you try it go see what it's like out there because you've always only been with us as a company See what it's like out there, whether you like it, whether you can be successful, because that will be the biggest, basically, nod to you in what you do. So I went out to them, and I had to look after 40 stores <laughs> as regional visual merchandising manager. And looking after 40 stores took me across the southern part of the country. And I traveled from Ontata to Oatswaring and all the way down to our head office, which was Cape Town. I stayed in beautiful hotels and, you know, the lodges that are just exquisite, which I would never have had an opportunity to look at, you know, to live in and experience. When my daughter was born, she was actually born in Port Elizabeth. That then took me to let them feel the different cultures. You know, I I managed to stay with them at times um, in a place, Umtata, and that's the real, real rural South Africa with the huts and it's just beautiful parts of Africa. Then you go into Oatswaran, which is where the hops are grown and you see the rivers and it's just the vastness. But to see how the different cultures love mm. and how many different cultures we have and the one is totally different to the other you know you may think oh there's this thing called a cook sister but no it's not a cook sister it's a cook sister do you want to tell our listeners what the difference is oh my goodness um well the difference is you and me actually <laughs> you know it's what your great-grandparents brought into the country and then what my great-grandparents brought into the country. So the way I think of it is we spice, okay? Mm -hmm. We fill with different spices, and then we've got loose coconut on top, 
And that's exactly how what we are. You know, if you think of people negatively, would say, are you a coconut? Because you've got a bit of white and then you've got a bit of brown, you know. And if I go back to when you you started with me, it's my great-grandparents. We've got white and we've got brown. And that's how we mixed. Whereas versus you, you've got the same beautiful dough cake and then it's dipped in the syrup and then it's it's rolled and it's left to just settle and it's just divine so i've got more of a cakey with the coconut and the spices and you've got that cakey with the syrup and it's sweet and delicious so yeah i, I can't explain any more than that no I, lo- I love that analogy and when you were talking about the difference between the t- sort of the heritages yeah. right i was thinking of the cook sister as the blonde plaited hair of the yeah. dutch oh, girls <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's a beautiful analogy yeah, of the absolutely. two, the difference in those two cakes. But as you say, the name is so different, mm-hmm. so similar. Sorry, cook sister and cook sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Such a good way that you've just said it, because that's exactly it. It's the plats and it's the Dutch and it's yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I, I, thank you so much. You've given me such a lovely insight into your life in South Africa. So many people who move away from their countries either feel some kind of pressure to leave or a strong attraction to live somewhere else. Tell us about your family's journey to New Zealand that started with your decision to move from Durban, South Africa. Well, I kind of left off in the bottom part of South Africa. Thereafter, I then moved back to my original retailer of choice and I had just won what was called Group Head of the Year competition that, well, it's kind of, it's an awards given that each company has. And we were kind of celebrating with some family back home when unfortunately something serious happened and thankfully nobody was injured, but it was due to the the violence that was occurring within Mm -hmm. the area. I lived in a predominantly Jewish suburb um, and unfortunately there was hijacking and was starting to take Mm -hmm. place and I had a visitor come into the house and they were held up outside at gunpoint at which time my husband unknowingly went outside to go see what's the racket and a gun was then pointed at him. Mm -hmm. We took it as a kind of just an eye-opening a warning and said to ourselves well we're not going to allow this to continue with us and as hard sore as it was because it definitely was one of the worst kind of decisions you needed to make in life and we then decided no we're going to leave i've got two young daughters we've seen what was happening around in the neighborhood and If you think of the neighborhoods back home, back in South Africa, you you picture these, yes, you've got beautiful houses, but they're surrounded by immensely high fences, which the fence is not enough, so you kind of blockade yourself off with extra security and things like that. But these guys would be getting into your house nonetheless. So we weren't going to allow that to happen especially with our two young daughters and kind of within that week we decided no this is it we need to leave 
okay it's not getting any better no matter what we do we need to leave so made a few phone calls and within the next three months we were leaving obviously I utilized my company and some you know just got some insight to them as to what it is like outside you know the country because they would travel a lot outside the country I'd never left South Africa and I got a few kind of you know positive kind of lectures <laughs> positive lectures that's taken me a long way and they gave me areas which are the best to settle in so I wanted we wanted first to to have a look at New Zealand you know so we packed up we had everything packed up ready for you know what our decision would be so we thought we would go see New Zealand go see maybe Portugal Dubai because those were all the areas that people were talking about maybe even Australia so we thought we'll start in New Zealand because that's where our family is we've got some family up in Auckland visited the country and within a few weeks I was talking to a few people that had left the company that I worked in in South Africa and one company in particular had said well why don't you apply and I said but I'm on holiday and he says yeah that's okay just go for an interview see what happens so went for an interview and I got the job <laughs> And from there, it was basically work visa sorted within three months. We were here just for a holiday and we were settling. And within six months, we had bought a house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it kind of went very quickly, you know. So I did feel quite blessed with the attachments that I had made within South Africa. And it just it taught me lessons of never burn bridges, number one. Mm always try to to do the best that you can do when you communicate with people don't have hidden agendas mm. though don't think mm. about what it can do yes that's been my lesson you know of you never know where this communication could take you however don't bring that into the thoughts mm. into your thoughts at the time it needs to just be around hi how are you mm. and really feel how are you you know, listen to that person. Think, you know, what can you do for them at that time? And, you know, yes, that word kindness is coming up so often. But that's the truth. Mm -hmm. It's be kind, be genuine, and really just make the most of whichever encounter you're making. Mm -hmm. Make it the best encounter you can make. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's kind of where it started in New Zealand. So the company back in South Africa had also purchased a company in New Zealand and they had then asked me to come and show them how things are meant to be. They then helped us with our residency. So we were blessed in the fact that the one retailer, which is well known in New Zealand, I think they own like approximately 60 to 70 stores. Oh in New Zealand and they helped us with our work visas and then when we left them the other company helped us with our resident visas so that company then promoted me into opening the first one here in Nelson and that set us in our footing here 
We really loved it. It took a while for my husband to find a job because he had to leave his job in Auckland. So when we moved here, it was again weighing up the opportunities. What do we do? You know, is this the right move for us as a family? It took my husband probably a good eight to ten months to find a job in Nelson. So Cameron, the first time I met you was on Sundial Square outside your restaurant Takeaway, which makes delicious food from North Africa. What inspired you? Have you lived in Cairo and what do you love about Egyptian cuisine? I can see from your, you know, from your shop that you've got beautiful designs and um, I can see there's a lot of passion. So like, have you been, tell, tell me, have you been to Egypt and tell me a little bit more about you, what's inspired you? Well, actually, no, I would love to go to Egypt. Um... What inspired me, actually, it was tiredness. I just got tired of the same old, same old in retail. I had, I'd been in retail for a long time. So it was kind of time when you realize that this can't be it. This can't be everything. And one of my managers, actually, had owned this business. And he got tired of this type of lifestyle. So we got chatting the one day and I said, you know what, what if we do an exchange? I said, I'm really, I'm really up for it. You know, I love cooking, you know, cooking's in my blood. We, we cook this type of food all the time. And yes, in back to Africa, it may not be called a souvlaki because we call it a shawarma, but it's the same foods. It's again, our heritage, you know, back to our culture we've got 11 official languages mm. so imagine how many different cultures are back back there so we used to eat this type of food often you know so i, I quite fa- felt inspired by by everything by the culture that egypt has as well as the culture that i grew up knowing mm. and i thought well i can do this and then i started to prep my brain you know of like can I do this? I started to cook this at home. And yes, I make hummus. I make, you know, the falafels. I wish I had been to, to Egypt, especially Cairo. You, you, I get very jealous when customers come into the shop and say, oh, did you see this place there? Did you see that place? It's like, no, but one day I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the design of this shop, I would think... Danielle, she's the previous owner, and I've I've added a few touches, but predominantly she's the brain brains mm. of this one. Um, and yeah, so yes. I'm not a chef; I'm a home cook, and I'll tell my customers it's nothing fancy, but it's delicious. Mm. Come and taste it. I will put together a simple, delicious, tasty meal for you. It sounds absolutely wonderful. Do you know what I've what I've picked up from our conversation mm. is, um, you know, you were talking about your early life when you started working at the age of sixteen for that mm. company, and how you you grew in the business, and how you were given all these opportunities, and then when you you were offered a position somewhere else, mm. you, I mean, obviously one feels a bit guilty, and and you went to speak to them, and what comes through for me is the generosity of their spirit, mm. how they wanted to grow you as a person that didn't feel threatened in any way. Mm. 
by you being approached by a different company that they, they thought it would be a growth experience for you and it wasn't a, a barter or, you know you can go but then you have to come back and it's just amazing how over time it's it's like you've attracted a generosity of spirit and, and I can see that through you as well and um, and maybe that comes from your you know your growing up in this big 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 family where um, you are forced to live together in a space but there is this generosity of spirit because you yeah. care for each other like one big family yeah. that's yeah. beautiful yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so Cameron before we finish I just want to know what do you love most about living in New Zealand and especially our region Nelson Tasman oh wow there's so many things I'd say it's the peace that it gives us you don't have to be locking your doors and double checking your windows and I think as New Zealanders, we don't appreciate as much as they need to appreciate that feeling of security. I I feel freedom here in this country. I think you don't feel freedom if you're bound by so many different things that being in other countries across the world are experiencing right now. Every single day, when you walk into your house, you need to first drive up and down your road to make sure the road is safe before you open your gate to drive the car into your gate because you're so petrified. That's not having freedom. When you've got fence gates made of metal bars across your windows and you can't open the window to put your head out and say, hi, neighbor, that's not freedom. You know, when you got bombs, bombing your neighborhood, that's not freedom. So I would say it's the peace. And yes, it is the freedom. Next is definitely the, the beauty. So although I've come from a beautiful country, you don't have to be too scared to walk in that bush. And, you know, since I'm working in this, this shop as well, it's the support of the people. We only took over this. We've only experienced being shopkeepers, let's say, during COVID. But the amount of support that's grown around us. You have customers that walk into the shop and say, how's it been? And then you so miserably say, oh, it's quiet. But we'll get through. It's quiet. But guess what they say? They then answer you and say, you know what? I'll bring another person in with me next time. And that just carries the chain on because that person that they bring in is then bringing another person in with them. So I've definitely felt those things, the peace, the freedom, the beauty of nature, and definitely the support of people. Well, thank you so much, Cameron. It's been delightful chatting to you. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I've learned a lot more about my own country as well um, or from your perspective, which has also been wonderful. So thank you for, for sharing that and being so um, liberal and honest with your with your thoughts. Um, and yeah, lovely to meet you. So thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Same to you. Thank you for the opportunity to do this. I mean, yes, there's always more stories to tell, especially of your childhood and the different cultures. But yeah, thank you. I, I really enjoyed it. You're listening to Kiwi Knickknacks with Lindsay Newman on Fresh FM, broadcasting across the top of the South on 104.8 Nelson Tasman, 107.2 Nelson CBD, 88.9 Blenheim, 95.0 Eastern Golden Bay and streaming to the planet on freshfm.net and on the accessmedia.nz app.
Kiwi Knickknacks is on every Sunday at 8pm New Zealand time. You can download previous podcasts of Kiwi Knickknacks from accessmedia.nz. Thank you again to Cameron Holmes for sharing her South African heritage and the importance of kindness and making each encounter count. We are going to close with South African group Mango Groove with their song Home Talk. For now, keep well, loop lekker, hambani kakuchle, hari tu atu, hoki tu mai.
The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.